out of the blue, uh, Mo reached out because they were doing a production of Big River and they needed a lot of men. And he said, hey, what do you think? You wanna, you wanna jump in? And I did. Just almost immediately fell in love with community theater. It's just such a unique organization in the community and what it does for the arts. And Silhouette in particular has such a strong legacy and fantastic reputation. To me, it was a no-brainer. So after a couple of shows there, Mo, for the record, he didn't ask me. He told me oh. <laughs> uh, I, was now, I was now going to be on the board and promptly announced his retirement. And after I, almost 15 years, I think, of Mo running Silhouette Stages, he passed the baton to me and I'm now in my seventh year. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm feeling like John Oliver banging the desk here because I'm so excited about the show we're about to give you. Razzle Dazzle Radio takes you on a trip to all the arts, visual and performing arts, theater, music, dance, and more. I love it, I love it. Judy, take it away. Okay, yes, Carolyn, I am super excited because we are going to go from the visual arts to the performing arts with some big rock stars of both. Very excited that James Albright is joining us today, and he has quite a background. I mean, he's pretty much been all over the world. I mean, he has a couple degrees, a couple master's degrees. He's been a principal. He works in and out of the whole Washington, D.C., through now to Howard County Arena, and I want to speak to him about his art and about what he's doing presently here in Columbia at our very own Bus Boys and Poets, a not-to-be-missed event. So, all right, James, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've evolved here as an artist and what you're doing. Uh, well, thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. This is my first podcast about my art, so I'm so that's you, you win the prize. Um, Yay! <laughs> uh, I have super, very complicated life, but I did retire a few years ago. And like everybody who retires, I said, I need to make sure I'm focused on something that's productive and useful. So I grew up the son of a, a cultural attache living overseas. Mm -hmm. And so I was always exposed to the arts in a thousand different places in different ways and very exciting art at the time. And so finally, when I finished my professional careers, it's something I really wanted to take up. So I've been working on this for about three years now. And uh, it's really, I kind of let it develop as sort of a reflection of who I was and where I was on this particular journey. So my background really is what we call ourselves like third country kids, like not born in the United States, but we live here, grew up everywhere else. My friend group is scattered around the world. And so rootlessness is a little bit about, is an element of, of who we are and who I am. And so part of what I had chosen with art is to sort of let it evolve. And in this case, it's turned out to be really reflective of the places I go and visit. So it's not where I thought I was going to end up uh, artistically, but uh, after, you know, a few years of this, I have a general direction in which I'm headed. So how did you find yourself involved in this event at Busboys and Poets? So the event is May 13th. So that's um, in the uh, Merriweather area of uh, Merriweather District in Columbia. And the busboys there is a beautiful, like, two-story building. And we're going to have the upstairs. It's going to be great. There are nine artists. The um, It's also the same day as Books in Blooms, which is mm. a huge literary festival. So that's going to be kind of kismet, really. Um, yes. I actually have been uh, involved with Busboys since its inception. The owner is 
my best friend and somebody I've traveled around the world with and done things with. And so when I was working with um, Elvira McCullough, who is a Howard resident and I'm sure known to many. She's we been a about, guest on our show. So yes, we oh, know great. her. Yeah. So well, Elvira's fabulous. And so it seemed like this was a good, good spot because the Busboys has been there for about a year. And I have some art that's on the wall at Busboys, one of the permanent displays piece I did on the Innocence Project. So this seemed like a really a great opportunity to give. It's a, it's a beautiful space with beautiful art already. And so we thought, well, let's take advantage of that and use this space for uh, sort of highlighting local artists. And I'm not that local to Howard. I, I recognize that, though I've been to that Busboys 20 times. And so the idea was to put it in that place. We spent some time. We made a proposal for it. We brought the artists together. Okay. We talked about it. And I think it's going to be really exciting. For me, the most difficult thing is I, I'm only bringing like six to eight paintings. And so I have to really select carefully which ones I'm going to do. Oh, yes. Um, but so I have a theme that I'm using. Okay, so you have my attention because you said the words innocence project. So I love when the arts meet social justice and our other guest, Jeremy, actually, his day job is a lawyer. So let's hear about what that piece means and how that's connected. So if you enter the busboys at the lower level, there on the back wall, sort of facing the entrance, there are 20 portraits. And these are portraits of sort of silhouette kind of portraits so that tie into the stages. They are portraits of 20 individuals who were involved or were, were incarcerated and then were found innocent and released. And so I selected them fairly carefully to get a range of sort of stories and life circumstances. But if you look at it, they're just, you know, it's a cross section of American humanity. I was very moved by their stories. So the display is pretty prominent, but it's, it's sort of a combination of sort of monochromatic with on black backgrounds. It, you, it's fairly distinctive when you see it. The project, I think, is it's an amazingly powerful statement. Not the part that I did, but the fact that the Innocence Project exists and has to exist in essence. So Busboys is always, if if you've been to Busboys and Poets or you've been to any of the other outposts of that is very socially justice focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually, if you go to the Columbia one, and I hope you will, the mural that's there on that back wall on the sort of the wraps around the two sides of the building is uh, was done by the owner. And it reflects all the people who've been to the busboys and the other in DC and um, in Baltimore over the last 15 years. So it's kind of a survey in history. So I think my work fit in really closely with what the project is and, uh, with, with both the Innocence Project and the outcome of the sort of the community centers at Busboys Boas is. That is just, I absolutely love that. And like I say, I love the integration of the arts, again, with social justice. And it seems like for you, you've taken all of your different careers and you're kind of putting them all together in your retirement. That's what I love. I mean, so that's the beautiful thing of retirement. You can really take the best of what you've done and just continue to make it work. And I so applaud you for doing that and bringing this to Columbia. We are thrilled to have now Busboys and Poets because it just really represents Columbia in so many ways anyway. So now what time? I know that this exhibit, this whole exhibit and more is on May 13th. And what time can we go over there to see all this? So the formal time is five to nine because the okay. restaurant closes at 10, but Books and Bloom is there throughout the day. So we'll be setting up between three and five, of course. And there will be nine, like the range of art is different. So there's a That's wide right. range, which I think is exciting and more than just sort of a particular thematic approach. So we'll be setting up. So I, you know, I'm sure people can wander through if they want to, but formally five o'clock and people will be eating and drinking because it's in the actual 
restaurant space upstairs, which if you haven't been there, it's huge. And it actually has a great patio that overlooks things called Colorburst Park. So you're correct. It is. So, and so the whole, the the art will probably actually extend outside as well depending on, you know, what the weather holds. But I think five to nine, and we're encouraging everybody to come. And since this is bus boys, and I don't get paid for this, dinner and drinks should be always be purchased when I go to restaurants. Um, And I will say my son's a chef at bus boys and another bus boys. So it's uh, all in the family. All right. Shout out to him as well. And I want to shout out to Elvira McCullough for helping to organize this. She's a great organizer here in the community and is such an advocate of the arts. And I will absolutely be there. And I I think it's a great day in Columbia, a great fun spring day to go out and do the books and bloom and then head on over to Bus Boys and Poets, see some art, eat some good food. And I so appreciate you, James, for what you're contributing here. And thank you so much. And I guess that I will see you then on May 13th, five to nine. I'll see you in a few weeks. That would be great. All right. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us about yourself and this event. Take care. And now I have another powerhouse to introduce. And I am honored to have Jeremy Goldman on our show. And he is, as I said, uh, what is your exact title, Jeremy, with Silhouette Stages? Uh, you think you're the president, is that right? That is, today, yes, that is accurate. Uh, president of the Board of Directors, yes. Yes, that sounds like a super important title. <laughs> it is. It is pretty important, yes. Uh, so let me say, of course, I uh, know your history. I know a little bit about your history. And Carolyn and I always like to talk about past present and future of our guests. So because Mo Dutterer has been with us and sometimes still comes on once in a while, when he was deciding to retire, since we've mentioned that earlier in the show, he had to pick a very special person to pass the baton of Silhouette Stages, which of course he had been the founder of. And he couldn't have picked a more perfect person than you, Jeremy, for sure. I know that he's so proud that, you know, his legacy has continued through you and all of the great things that you've done to keep theater alive, which is no easy business considering the times we've been through. So let's just go back for a minute. So tell us how that happened in the beginning. Yeah, Mo has a way of of pulling people in, doesn't he? Um, Uh, Yeah, I'd say. Mo was my high school drama teacher at Centennial High School. I graduated in 96. And I really do credit Mo for instilling the love of theater in me and setting that direction for me in my life at a time when I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And so I continued theater all through high school and college. After college, took a very, very long break. I went to law school, got married, had kids, really didn't do much theater for almost 10 years. Mm. And out of the blue... Uh, Mo reached out because they were doing a production of Big River and they needed a lot of men. And he said, hey, what do you think? You want to you want to jump in? And I did just almost immediately fell in love with community theater. It's just such a unique organization in the community and what it does for the arts. And Silhouette in particular has such a strong legacy and fantastic reputation to me, it was a no-brainer. So after a couple of shows there, Mo, for the record, he didn't ask me. He told me oh. <laughs> uh, I was now I was now going to be on the board and promptly announced his retirement. And after I, almost 15 years, I think, of Mo running Silhouette Stages, 
he passed the baton to me and I'm now in my seventh year. Time flies when we're having it fun, does. huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that does sound more his style. So yes, that makes total sense. Yeah. So, and of course, you know, I love the connection between acting and lawyers. A lot of acting classes that I took along the way were, we had a lot of lawyers in there because it makes mm-hmm. sense. You got to be a good actor, you know? So, okay. So how did you survive and hold it together through the pandemic when, you know, we just couldn't have shows and they were limited audiences? Yeah, the pandemic was really challenging. We had, I think, a total of five productions canceled. Mm. One was canceled about a week before opening. We were actually in tech week for our Mm. production of Calendar Girls, and we canceled that. We had already cast the next show, so it was pretty devastating. But, you know, we, we were fortunate as a community theater. Two of the things that we always complain about actually wound up saving us. So we always complain about being an all-volunteer organization. It's very challenging to find volunteers. Mm -hmm. But because we are an all-volunteer organization, we had no salaries to continue to pay during the pandemic. Um, (laughs) Well, see. (laughs) Which is good. And we also borrow, we rent our space at Slayton House, the theater. So not having our own space worked to our advantage. While we weren't producing shows and events, there really was no overhead. And so financially, we were in, a, in an okay spot. And we did a lot of different things virtually, like many other organizations. We held a lot of virtual workshops. And uh, we did a virtual musical, which was really fascinating over Zoom. Um, you know, as a when you look at our last production of The Wedding Singer, I feel confident saying we are back in, in full force. I, hey, I was there and I had to make sure I got my tickets because you had pretty many packed full houses. And that was just a thrill for me to see again that, you know, like you said, we're back. Yay. So, so creatively, I I give you a lot of praise for how you did hold it together and were willing to, I mean, after all, when you're in theater and the show must go on, it just must. So now tell us, okay, moving forward here, I know that you're pretty excited. So tell us about your next show. Yeah, so our next show is the musical Sondheim on Sondheim, which is uh, we're very excited about. It's a unique look at Stephen Sondheim, kind of a review style show, and it features all of Stephen Sondheim's well-known works, along with some background about how he came up with some of those songs. And there's actually video interviews with Stephen Sondheim interspersed into the show. So the show itself is fascinating. The cast that we have is just an all-star cast of community theater performers, many of whom are local to Howard County. And, you know, it's, it's different. The last show we did was a big, big musical comedy. This is more of a smaller cast review. And um, we're excited to bring these, these different types of performing arts to the community. Absolutely. Is Tom, isn't Tommy Malik your director for that? Uh, Tommy is actually in the cast. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. And it is directed by Stephen Foreman. Okay. Um, yes. Who, uh, yeah, who's a fantastic director, also one of our, our board members. You know, I don't, and I, I attribute this to you. You have really dedicated, loyal board members and mm-hmm. actors and actresses. And actually, even call Silhouette Stages Community Theater anymore, I think actually doesn't, doesn't say the level of professionalism 
of the actors and actresses who have been in theater for so long. So of course they have, you know, perfected as they've gone on. And so that's something special that you bring. And I know that you have loyal board members that are probably right now, you know, working on sets and that are just absolutely driven and a labor of love in what they do. So that's, that's just a beautiful thing. So what's your secret? <laughs> that's a great question. I mean, I, every chance I get, I try to tell people and remind them that everyone involved is a volunteer from myself as president of the board to our spotlight operator, all the performers. And I think people are amazed by that when they see the caliber of productions that we do. But I think the secret is just creating a safe, welcoming environment, uh, which, you know, really, I think Mo set the stage for that. It's, it's no built pun into, intended. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. You know, it's built into our mission statement is to create a safe, welcoming, inclusive environment. As hard as we work, we also have that same amount of fun in everything we do. And it's just a really great group of people. Uh, like you said, everybody's committed and passionate about what they do. And, you know, you ask somebody to do something and they do it quickly. And then they say, what else can I do to help? Yep. Uh, it's just a, a very unique feel that community theater has in that respect. But um, well, you see it in the productions that just comes across, yeah. you know, that, that that's that's absolutely OK. So now you're going to do a kind of different, unique cabaret. You've done cabarets over the years. And of course, I think it's a wonderful way to do a little fundraising and then get people yes. familiar. So tell us about this new one you created. Yeah, this is fun. So we've always done these cabaret nights uh, for years. We've done them and kind of a, an in a way, an open mic community night where anyone can come and perform. And recently we decided to try some themed cabarets. So last fall we did a young artists cabaret and all of the performers were ages 18 and under. Um, and it was just phenomenal. I mean, I really mind blowing to see the young talent in and around Howard County. I mean, just seriously mind blowing. And so for this next one, which is coming up in a few weeks, we are calling it Silhouette Sideways, and it's a miscast-themed cabaret. So we're asking all of the performers to pick a song that they would never perform in a production. And whether that's, um, you know, a, a man singing a traditionally woman's song or a younger person singing an older person's song, but... So it's going to be just a really fun night of people singing songs that they would never have the chance to sing in a show. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. All right. So give us the details on that. When is it? Oh, great. Well, first of all, I have to share that I am excited to host the event. So I will be the uh -huh. MC along with my friend Matt Wetzel. And so the event is Saturday, May 6th at 8 p.m. at our uh, home at Slayton House Theater. And tickets are a mere $15. Wow. I mean, it's a great, great deal. And, you know, it's one of the things I'm also most proud of is that we are committed to keeping ticket prices low and affordable for everyone. The fact that you can spend $15 and see some of the best talent around, you just can't beat that. You can't. And you also have refreshments too, don't you? We do. Yes, we will, yep. have, uh, we will have a cash bar. Don't want to miss that. Oh, that's a new one. Uh, so okay. we're bringing that back. Uh, Got a little liquor license, huh? <laughs> we also now, we're moving up in the world. We have Silhouette Stages merchandise for sale. And oh. uh, it's just going to be a great night. 
I, oh, I can't wait for sure. It's a cross-cultural night. We're crossing yes. cultures. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Perfect. So um, yeah, Carolyn. Yeah, Jeremy. Um, I noticed in your bio that you were a young Colombian. Yes. <laughs> I like was, to, yes. I, I'd like to propose putting on another cabaret. And usually Razzle Dazzle keeps us with whoopsie do happy news and all that. But I do have to mention an in-memoriam moment right here. Uh, we lost Kevin McDonough, who died about a week ago. And he was an original young Colombian who could sing the most beautiful interpretation of Shenandoah. And I wish I could oh. get flip to put it on now, but folks will just have to think of them in, in their minds. Anyway, wouldn't it be nice to have a cabaret to raise money for a scholarship to silhouette stages in his name? Hmm. I like where you're thinking. That's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> Carolyn, I like you proposed that right on the air. <laughs> yeah, right, right. What can I say? We're live. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> but yeah, no, the connection, uh, we've had multiple young Colombians in our casts on our stage and in our cabaret nights. I actually got my start in Old Ellicott City at the Little Theater on the Corner mm -hmm. with Betty May years and years ago. I think I was nine when I started there. He's um, child yeah I yep remember. yep and then um i moved on and auditioned for a role in at toby's in the original production of it's a wonderful life i was the what the little boy oh, um wow and so uh and i was i was in that show with risa binder i don't know if you, you know risa oh we all know her uh, yes and just yeah the the connection all around is to to ccta and young colombians and all, all the local schools, it's, you couldn't ask for a better performing arts community. Young Colombians are performing at the Gershwin Theater on Broadway in June. Yes, they are. Yes. They are. I wish I could get up there. They're going to be on stage on the same show that I think Wicked is every other night. Wow. Yeah. It's a that's dark amazing. Monday night on dark night, yeah. Well, Carolyn, I think that's a wonderful idea. And I think that we should take this further because the beautiful thing of our community is we are community. And in the arts, we're all community. We all support each other. And I think that together, maybe we can create something towards that because I think that we should definitely pay homage to Kevin. He was such a, a contributor to the arts here in Howard County. So we're not done with you yet, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, well, I'm here. I'm not going okay. anywhere. <laughs> well, I know. Good. So before we have to finish up, just tell us about your next season, because I know you already have it planned. So go ahead and give us a quick promo with that. Oh, yeah. We, I don't know. I'm so excited about this stuff. So we're really excited. This current season, all three of our shows were directed by Silhouette board members. Um, TJ Nicosina, myself, and Stephen Foreman. So next season, we are really excited to bring in three, actually technically four, outside directors mm. uh, to do three. This is uh, going to be a really blockbuster season. So in the fall, we are doing the SpongeBob musical. Oh, boy. Um, and we're really, you know, excited to bring in families and kids to give them the, the theater experience. And that is co-directed by Debbie Mobley and Robin Yakitis. So two local uh, local powerhouse directors there. I'll say. Yep. And then in the winter of 2024, we are doing the play called Puffs, which is a take on Harry Potter and the Wizarding World. So that'll be really unique. We're excited to do a play. 
a non-musical for our, our non-musical friends out there. And then next spring, June of 2024, we are doing a little show you might have heard called Evita. Oh, <gasps> wow. So okay. Really you... uh, that's directed by Daniel Duick, who actually is from Argentina and so has a natural connection to the show. And um, I, uh, I can see it now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, like I said, it's a blockbuster season. It's a, actually going to be our 19th season That's so we're amazing. really excited wow all right well we already got lots of events for you to think about for may so on may 6th you got to go and see this sideways crossed upside down whatever you want to call it cabaret with silhouette stages it should be very fun and very interesting and it's at eight o'clock at slayton house and then the following Saturday, get yourselves to Books and Bloom and then over to see this fabulous art exhibit at Bus Boys and Poets. You can eat, drink, and be merry. And Carolyn, do you have one other thing to tell us about? I believe I do, I do Judy, but let me yep. let me just say on oh, Books and Bloom, I have a secret. I'm not supposed to tell this, but here oh, I am. Okay. <laughs> There's a special guest coming. Pete Budovich's husband, Chaston, is going to oh. appear at the Books on Bloom. But don't well, tell the secret is not a secret anymore, <laughs> Carolyn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and didn't you have an event <laughs> that you talked about with Carol Leehan? Yes, Carol Graham Leehan, the most incredible former young Colombian. She is now directing an amazing show. I don't know if you've heard about this, Jeremy, but this is a tribute to Hal Prince. And her kids are from, I think, Young Artists of America, based at Strathmore down in Bethesda, Rockville area. And they're going to be filmed, taped by MPT, Maryland Public Television's going to tape the show that she's created as a tribute to Hal Prince. That's incredible. Great shows that he's done that all the music comes from there. It is incredible. And we'll all be able to see this early summer. The taping is on the 22nd of this month. I'm going to go out and see it. So I have more info. Well, I wasn't yes. joking. When I, when I said we're all connected, I wasn't joking because I mentioned uh, when I was in Toby's and I did It's a Wonderful Life, guess who played my mother in that show? Oh, right. yeah. Carol Graham Lehan. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's we what all, we are here. We're all connected. We are all one here in Columbia, Maryland, in the arts, and we absolutely love it. So thank you so much for all you contribute, Jeremy. And yes, Carolyn, we will carry on and continue to think about Kevin and what we can do to have his memory held up in high esteem as it is here. Until next time, this is Razzle Dazzle Radio, Carolyn Kellerman, myself, Judy Templeton. Don't forget, May 6th, May 13th. See you. Bye. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.